0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Brewroots. I'm Emily. And I'm Matt.
1: And this is the podcast that brings you the stories and people behind your favorite beer.
0: Yeah. Hey, Emily. How are you today?
1: I'm pretty decent.
0: Yeah, you just got back from like a crazy busy weekend in New York City.
1: I did. My sister graduated from Marymount Manhattan College.
0: Congratulations. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, it was a nice weekend.
0: You posted a ton of cool pictures of beer, and you even got some people to pose with some Bruit stickers.
1: I know. I tried some really interesting beers over the weekend. I went to this place called Ivan Ramen that's like really like one of the best ramen spots in New York, Uh, you know, one of those kind of hole in the wall, like super small, but ridiculous wait times for tables. Mm. And um, we got a reservation, you know, because we're adults and they had a ton of beer there that you could only get there. So I asked the waiter, you know, what can I get here that I can't get anywhere else? And he brought me this one called the spicy meatball.
0: Yeah, Um, I saw that. I was (laughs) like, what is this?
1: It was fabulous you would have been mad because it was hazy but it was fabulous and then i had another one called um oh, it was something weird rainbow uh, aid
0: you know, that was was that by evil twin yes yes
1: yeah so you can go on the instagram page and take a look at the color was super cool
0: our instagram page at brooots.com mm-hmm. uh, <laughs>
1: Yes, we're at brew roots on everything, so go and follow us if you aren't already.
0: Yeah, so last week's episode if you guys tuned in was a gluten-free, 100% gluten-free case study and beer review mm-hmm. where I reviewed three different gluten beers with the non-gluten version. And if you haven't listened, take a listen. And we're following in that same uh, celiac awareness month and we are talking to Saintly Cider this week.
1: Yeah, Saintly Cider is founded by our good friends Caleb and Emily, who are husband and wife and business partners.
0: Yeah, so we interviewed them last year, and this is the uh, this is our first returning guest this season. It's really cool to hear where they were super excited about, like, kind of like, you know, being in one bar last summer, which is which is huge. I'm not in any bar. Are yeah. you in any bars? Uh,
1: definitely not. No.
0: So I mean, that's still a, a huge triumph, and now they're doing like goat yoga. They're doing. They're in Cappy's Liquor Stores. They're doing
1: weddings now, too, where you can get their cider on tap, and Emily does the flowers. I saw the post on their Instagram the other day, and I just melted. Yes. I was like, that's amazing. I love just supporting my friends and what they do
0: yeah i'm excited for them so that uh, that uh that portion of the podcast is going to come up but what are we drinking today emily
1: oh so this is fabulous Uh, i'm going to post a picture of this on our instagram so you can check out the page so you can see this beautiful label but this is by Liars bench beer company in portsmouth new hampshire and it is called
0: it's called topanga ipa Oh, really? It is actually called Topanga IPA.
1: That's so funny because, yeah, it doesn't say it right on the front, but it just says American IPA with this picture of Topanga.
0: So, for those who aren't here, but go on our Instagram, uh, it's obviously Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World. So, me being a 90s kid, I'm uh, super pumped. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's safe to say Topanga Lawrence is my first crush.
1: All right. So, let's crack this. Let's crack
0: it. Mm.
1: I'm
0: literally so thirsty. And Ooh. this is wonderful.
1: Yeah, that's pretty bitter right up front. Yeah. But really nice aftertaste, and it's not lingering in my mouth, that bitterness. It's just like that, that bite right when you sip it.
0: So right on the can, it's, uh, it's hashtag empty lies. As any pre-pubescent, any prepubescent child of the 90s can attest, we all wanted Topanga to be our first. And while it didn't go down exactly as we m- imagined over and over again during our youth, in May of 2016, the two little liars greeted the world with our mo- with our mm-hmm. main beer, An IPA for our first love and now our anniversary ale. It's amazing. So, funny story this Saturday is Liar Bench's two year anniversary. Really? So, on, you know, tomorrow you'll be able to go and enjoy.
1: That's awesome. Congratulations, Liar's Bench.
0: Congratulations. This beer is awesome. So, there's hints of peach, melon, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. The aftertaste is kind of like,
1: you get a little bit of like, well-rounded fruitiness and like i said that bitterness doesn't stick around mm. long i love it
0: i will attest Topanga lawrence is a babe net na- was a babe then and is a babe today so
1: yeah i feel like just by even like looking at her on the label it's making it taste better so i'm just in a happy mood
0: yep but so happy two-year anniversary liar's bench check yeah. them out um they're at liar bench beer on instagram and they're killing it
1: yeah killing it with the labeling too love <laughs> the packaging
0: <laughs> this is very good marketing
1: yeah So what happened in beer history today, Matt?
0: Well, we are celebrating the birthday of John Adam Lemp.
1: (laughs) And who is John Adam Lemp?
0: (laughs) So he is credited with opening the first quote-unquote national brewery. So he utilized the uh, the railroad system Mm -hmm. to deliver fresh beer across the country.
1: That's interesting. And it, in a previous episode, we talked about how we almost had an official national brewery. Yeah,
0: so this is a quote-unquote unofficial right. national brewery. Um, but the cool part about this was it became so efficient that uh, Adolphus Busch decided to steal it. And Adolphus Busch might sound familiar because he opened Anheuser-Busch.
1: Right, spelled B-U-S-C-H. C-H.
0: So thanks, John Adam Limp. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. We love you. <laughs>
1: All right, so I have two fun facts about beer. Uh, Wait, before
0: you start those, I just want to let you know, I told a bunch of people about the P's and Q's. Oh, yeah? And they were like, what? (laughs) They just thought it was like some silly folklore. Yeah. Yeah, so pines and quartz.
1: Oh, my gosh, guys. Listen to the last episodes. You can hear where that expression comes from. Mind your P's and Q's. Anyway, so my fun facts this week. um, Let's see if they can top last week, but they probably
0: i'd say they're going to be on par if not better
1: perfect okay so the first one is the basically they're both just really weird esoteric terms that nobody uses uh, but they're funny so zithology spelled z-y-t-h-o-l-o-g-y zithology is the study of beer and beer making including the role particular ingredients play in the brewing process so it's like beer science okay and then the second one, which, honestly, I kind of hate these, like, blah, 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 phobia sorts of words. But, you know, there is one that exists related to beer, so I had to share it. silicophobia is the fear of an empty beer glass.
2: <laughs>
1: Do you Ceno- have silicophobia? No, I'm Matthew?
0: notorious for not drinking, uh, like, a full beer, if that makes sense. Oh,
1: so you have silicophilia? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like <laughs> I love. Oh, it's not no. like
0: I drink fifty percent. I'm I'm usually like ninety two to ninety four percent of my beers drank, and then I leave the last. Oh, you're 6%. the worst
1: kind of person. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. No, you got to finish it.
0: All right. Uh, from here on out, I vow to finish the last eight to six percent of my beers.
1: I'm gonna be watching. Good. I'll be keeping tabs.
0: All right. So, like we mentioned earlier, this week's episode, Caleb and Emily Noble of Saintly Cider. I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side of the episode. So stay tuned. We have some cool news. So we are here at a. This is actually we're actually at Brewroot's headquarters right now. We Welcome. Can't, we can't disclose the area, can we? I think you have a. F- no, no, a few no. Times. I don't want. I don't want like any any potential listeners out there to think I'm lame. So we're not going to disclose where it is. A mysterious. Mysterious, part of mysterious Massachusetts. location. Yes. Is it Massachusetts? I don't know. And we are here actually with our first returning guest of season two. Caleb and Emily from St. Louis Cider. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing, man?
3: Good, thanks. Yeah,
0: excellent. Uh, we're doing all right. How are you, Allie?
3: I'm pretty good. Good. Pretty
0: good. good? Cool. We are here on this lovely, rainy uh, April day. Yeah. At least it's not snowing, right? We had snow, like, yesterday.
4: So. It's supposed to snow Friday, so. Cool. You know, excellent. New England.
0: So, uh, I listened, again, to our episode that we did in season one, and, uh, you know, we're not going to a- I don't think we're going to ask you the same questions. We have. I have a different set of questions that I want to ask you, but... uh for the people who may have not listened to the first episode, just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at St. Cider.
2: Uh, well, I'm Caleb Noble, um, <coughs> CEO, you know, um, and uh, so it started in my parents' basement three years ago, essentially off a of bet, uh, me and Emily. We decided that we were going to make cider. We went and spent 200 bucks on cider making equipment, and the first batch, I was like, this is what I want to do. So that's pretty much how it started, and then we've been in business for about a year now.
3: I'm um, Emily Noble. We just got and married in the September. The funny thing
0: was, is the Noble episode that I did in May 30th of last year, you were not Emily Noble. So no. congratulations.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she's kind of the, she's the, um, I do all, mostly all the sales and stuff like that. And she helps more with the, the chemistry and the making of the batches and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So you have a a background in, your background is in...
3: Well, I went to school for biology, so I have a little bit of the science background, and I did briefly work at uh, Down East Cider, um, and that was around the time we started making cider, like just making at home and stuff like that, so um.
0: yeah. And Caleb, you have a background in (laughs) video production, right? Yeah,
2: broadcast journalism and stuff like that, so I do. That's how I pay the bills right now, is all through video stuff. Cool.
0: All right, so last time we talked, you guys were super stoked about just being in the local... Arena, and since I've since I've seen I've seen uh, goat yoga. You guys have been at an event. You've been in Boston for, uh, I mean, you've been in uh, like local uh, farmers markets for for Saint Louis cider. Tell us some stuff that you guys have done since uh, May of last year.
2: Was it May when we? Did? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. So we're
0: almost at a year from last year that we did it.
2: So it's it went
3: the first thing we did was the Byfield Arts Festival, which was insane. In yeah, and that was awesome. It's a really great, fun day. Yeah,
2: we, we came out with a cider called uh heart and soul which is hibiscus mint which we actually which are drinking right now and that's coming out in may actually this year uh, hopefully the first week if our label gets approved um so people love that we sold we sold out of that actually and it was crazy you look at all the lines all the other breweries there no one else had any lines other than us it was crazy like it was unbelievable first real event so we did that in june and we actually originally made our cider at Ipswich Brewery. Yep. Um, and we actually switched to Mill River Winery. Which in Raleigh. In Raleigh. So we moved there, and um, our cider really evolved. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's unbelievable because Mill River.
3: The cider we're making today is, like, totally different from the cider we started making in the beginning.
2: It's hilarious. Like, you think when you're at home, you think, like, making a gallon or five gallons of whatever, you feel like a boss. Like, oh, this is the best beer ever, best wine, best cider, best mead. But when you scale it up So you do a production level. Yeah, and you do you do it for real, a lot more stuff can go wrong and we had some really bad cider. Like I don't know if anybody's ever heard of what uh sulfury wine or or cider smells like or tastes like. Yep. Tastes like burnt rubber and smells or like sour nuts. eggs or anything. Yeah, it's yeah. gross. Yeah. Our first two batches, uh we dumped out pretty much all of it. Over five hundred gallons we dumped out Oof. in my backfield. It was Ooh. terrible. It was yeah, kill, 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 <laughs> kill. killed my parents' lawn and layers. But, you know, it was a learning lesson. But, you know, every – it's taken us a year to finally dial in Cornerstone our Original. Uh, now we know exactly what we want to do with it when it comes in. You know, we don't change a lot about our cider. We There's certain parameters we like to keep it within a range. But last year we had no idea. We were just trying to get consistent – like get a good product, something that was drinkable, you know. So it was definitely a humbling, humbling experience when we were – I'd had to go to liquor stores. I mean, to bars. We weren't in liquor stores yet, and be like, "Hey, you know, sorry, pick up the kegs," because are like, "Hey, your cider smells terrible," you know. So just hilarious. Such a humbling experience. Like, I wanted to throw in the towel then. I'm like, "This is terrible," you know.
0: So let's. We talked about like the ups and downs. Uh, I feel like every week on Instagram, I'm seeing you're in this brew, you're in this liquor store, you're in this uh, bar, you're in this restaurant. Uh, tell us like the feeling you get when someone says, "You know what? We're gonna give you a chance, kid."
2: Like. What does that feel like? Oh, it's it's awesome. I this is more me. I do most primarily most of the sales stuff, so it's a lot of work. Especially bars are a ton of work, wicked high maintenance. And no offense, bars and restaurants, but you are high maintenance. <laughs> and the you know the margins aren't as good, so it's a lot of work for not a lot of cash. G- yeah, so you're going in every week, every couple of weeks, and trying to make a good relationship with the bar manager or the owner or whatever. And just a ton of work. So when finally someone's like, hey, we're going to put you on, you know, like, it's awesome. Like Alehouse and Amesbury's had me on since the beginning. Yep. Like they were one of the ones who had my crappy cider, no pun intended, when we started. And I was downstairs at the Barking Dog Alehouse in Haverhill this morning, dropping off kegs. And I met one of the new, it looked like a new bartender or something like that. And one of the managers was uh, was like, hey, yeah, this is Caleb Belblion St. Saintly Cider. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, the cider's come a long way, you know, whatever. He's like, yeah. He's like, but don't forget who's stuck with you through thick and thin, you know, but it's, it's just kind of cool. Like people like that have been with us through thick and thin, which I would do anything for those people, but there's other people that aren't as, but it's taken me a year to get a consistent draft line at the yep. Dale house. Like that's unbelievable.
0: Uh, tell us about your first year. You were about six, you were about what, two months into your first year when we started talking. Tell us about,
2: you know? So. so so, you know, May, June, July, you know, we were just on draft pretty much. We got on the deck. You know, that's a big deal for for yeah, us. That was huge. Know.
0: I mean, I rem- I listened and that was like, This is just amazing. We're on the deck and the deck's only yeah. open three months a year. Yeah. You know what we're I'm saying? Like yeah. I was like, you know. Yeah. But at the moment I was excited for you. But yeah. then you th-
2: Yeah. So now we're you know, what happened was in we got married and after that i was like we need to do something other than bars because it's the margins aren't that great and it's so much maintenance and er, i mean like any place you want to have new stuff all the time so they rotate you on and off yep. on and off so there's no consistency so in what after we got married we're like we're going to go in bottles 750s you know cuz cans are hot but you know what bottles expensive are, to do yeah you know, wicked too. cans and you have to and the thing is you don't make as much and we don't produce a lot you know a cider at a time so And honestly, our brand is all about that throwback style feel. Like we don't want to be, you know, I want to be on a farm. I don't want to be, you know, in a A hipster bar. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? So, and that's just what we're about. So I really think that the 750s have grown on me more and more, not just as a convenience, but also that's just kind of who we've become. And so uh, October we started in bottles and, you know, we picked up like 10 to 15 stores, uh, liquor stores around the area to start which is hilarious because, you know, I mean, people listening that are actually in the industry will laugh, but my goal was in three months, I want to sell hundred cases of cider. Right. And that's like not much for most people, but for us it is. And we end up selling 102, which was awesome. So that was like such a win. Right. And then this year we're already, we already doubled our sales in the first three months of what we did last year. So it's like, Things are picking up, you know. What I mean, being in bottles and people people being able to bring it home with them has just been huge for us.
0: Do you attribute that to your move to Raleigh, from Ipswich?
2: I think so. You because you think you're making a better product or more marketable product? I think we're just uh, it's just a different scenario, you know. Like there, there, uh, Ipswich has more of a contracting thing. So like, Clown Shoes used to make their beer there, yep. you know, whatever. And they 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 do all the work, right? Which is fine. That's what they do. But at Mill River your hands-on yeah we got to to do it all
3: and we really needed to like have that hands-on time to develop our product in in um in a production level yeah yeah, yeah. in the quantity we're making it in now before we're just making one in five gallon batches and so and we were so we really needed that hands-on time and i think i said this before too like I consider cider to be more of like a wine. So being at Mill River Winery and having their knowledge and everything has really been helpful for us to um, progress our product and make it the best that we can be. And, like, we've just, like, the last couple batches have been making, like, I mean, you guys, I mean, the general consumer probably wouldn't notice the changes, but, like, we, c- we can tell, like, we're finally getting to make a consistent product
2: which is kind of strange. So now I'm not as afraid when I drop off the product, I'm not afraid I'm going to get a phone call being like, Hey, this cider is terrible or whatever. Like literally, you know, it's the same. From yeah. We know to It's bash. consistent. And yeah. when, when I do a tasting, like, you know, we did a, ta- we, we've expanded to like Salem and Beverly and stuff like that. I'm just trying to get, Bit, we're up to like 25 or 26 liquor stores and maybe five or seven um, rotate, rotating and, and, and full-time taps, which I think we're going to stay with for now. Because I don't want to pick up any more because I'm afraid the summer is going to be nuts because it already is getting really busy and it's not even warm out.
0: Now, are you guys doing like festivals? Or are you guys doing anything on top of what you're doing?
2: Yeah, we're doing, uh, f- we're going to do the Gloucester and the Newport Farmers Market and we're doing goat yoga. We already got three dates. It's sold out in 24 hours. Yeah. one of the taste One of the ones we're supposed to do. And uh, what else? We're doing the Bifold Arts Festival. I'm going to try to get into the one. There's like a festival down in Newport during Inky Homecoming. We're going to try to pick up some more events because we don't have a tasting room. So like when we, we need do. need to go out to the people. Yeah, which is cool because it really gets people to know our product. But at the same point, it kind of stinks because we don't have a home base because we have like a bunch of different ciders in our arsenal that we can't do because we don't have the capacity. I would love to have a bunch of ciders that you can get your growler filled up. You know what I mean? So it's coming. I yeah. mean, yeah. think about
0: I, I I think about where you were a year ago, right? Excited to be on the deck, and I, I know I keep on saying yeah. that, but let's think back a year ago. Did you think you'd be at the place you were today?
2: No, nah, I thought I was. We were, I was gonna quit at one point, like.
0: <laughs> Seriously, no, but I mean this weekly, is like this is, is good. We gonna don't, gonna quit. yeah, <laughs> weekly. Still, I feel, still think I'm gonna. You quit. know, it's it's funny. We interview a lot of brewers, and and the, I I will say they're more established, right? They have the following, they have the yeah. tap room, and everything, and, and no one's ever humble enough to say, I think I was gonna quit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you at least are like, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard work. It's like you know, and I think a lot of people go into this business and they say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a million dollars because craft beer is super hot right now, or, or I'm gonna be the next far from the tree or I'm going to be the best down the road, you know, Mm -hmm. like and you're actually experiencing it, you know, the the trials and tribulations of owning a business, running it, maintaining it.
2: It's hilarious because, um, you know, when you think when you're a consumer and you're just looking like, Hey, like, Oh man, they must slay it. Like, Oh, they're getting five bucks a cup at that event. Like, Oh, they made like 10 grand, you know, like we'll never, we've never done that, but some places definitely do. Right. But you think about how much work went into that and how much overhead they really have. It's literally insane. Like, and in, when I was like, I want to do cider. I never, I didn't think about the numbers at all. And as soon as I get into it, the margins are actually pretty small. It's definitely right, right. a labor of love. You know what I mean? Which is fine. You know what I mean? Right now, I still have a part-time job so I can get my benefits and survive, and we can pay my student loans and rent. You know, because the business isn't. We're not. I mean, we're blowing up, but I mean, pays for my cell phone in my car insurance for Dorothy Mantooth and my in my Toyota Celara 2005 gold when you see it driving around that's our delivery vehicle it's pretty funny <laughs> um, but so that's all it is right now so we're just you know just kind of hoping that continues to grow like i said we've already doubled what we did last year at this time of year so hey like let's my goal is to double what we did last year you know what i mean do
0: you keep that like humble attitude into the the cider does that carry over into like the business plan
2: yeah we're just i mean try to do it the thing is, like, I think when we started, for me anyways, I was like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, you know, I don't really buy it when people, when you're looking, Instagram is such a huge, huge tool, right? Like, to some people, you think you're just crushing it, right? Like, some people are crushing it. Mm-hmm. In reality, it makes I... Makes you look cooler. Than yeah, you. it yeah, does yeah. make you look cooler. Like, I think when you're in doing retail and stuff like that, like selling wholesale to retail stores... It's definitely – it's good to get out there, but you don't really make much money. It essentially pays for itself, right? Right. So the only place you really make money is when you have a tasting room or doing events, you know, like maybe we're doing it the wrong way, but that's just how it's worked out for us. So I think not having a tasting room is really the one thing that we haven't – that's really holding us back right now, I
0: Mm. think. Yeah. So you're doing it more like the grassroots effect. You're going out. You deliver your kegs. Yep, everything. You shake hands with people. So a lot of your business is old school, like – you're you're dealing with people on a handshake essentially. You've gotten a good response from it though. Yeah. You have a lot of return customers.
2: Yeah, people and the thing is, it's it's selling. That's the other thing. I don't understand. Like, I go in and talk to these retailers. And they're like, yeah, people come and buy like three or four bottles at a time. I'm like, who is buying our cider? I'd like to meet this person. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, seriously. <laughs> take them out to dinner. Yeah, <laughs> like it just doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like, who in the world is buying our st-? like? When I think of it, like, like hey, like we own Stanley Cider, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even think, I just feel like we're still a joke. As ridiculous as that sounds, like, I still feel like I'm a complete joke. Yeah. The other thing is, is like, I always say this, but you never forget where you came from. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what keeps me grounded, us grounded, is that like, hey, like, you know, we never forget where you came from, you know, and and your head will never get too big. You know what I mean? You always appreciate every step. And at our birthday party... Had the whale. We did hibiscus mint. We did um, hopped, and we did our regular whatever, and we crushed cornerstone it. Cornerstone, pe- right? Yeah, Cornerstone. People loved it, right? And the f- last year, me and Emily talk about it. Like, what's the one thing you think is gonna happen to my hair? <laughs> no. It's gonna
0: go away. My Don't hair
3: turn gray. I'm surprised his hair is not turning gray yet.
2: Because <laughs> stress level, the first year was like unreal, right? So, at the birthday party, like after that, I was like, you know, this is awesome. When you can see people's faces enjoying what you create, it's like nothing, it's like a high that you can never, like, you can't explain. So, I told Emily, I was like, this next year, it's all about enjoying the ride because the first year I didn't. I was like, at points, it was awesome, but 90% of the time it sucked.
0: So, we're at April, we're January, February, March, April, four months into the year. Have you been enjoying it?
2: So far, yeah. I'd say so. We're like, it's awesome when you can go into a store or like uh, wherever it's called and people say, I've heard of you. I'm surprised you haven't come and brought us a sample yet. Like that's cool. You know what I mean? So that makes it a little better. And now we're making better setter. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's probably because I've been helping you more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so you
4: guys talked about um, you doubled sales in the past year. What has been like the biggest challenge? And also what has been the biggest like reward in the past year?
2: the biggest challenge is creating relationships right cuz people don't buy the product they buy the person they buy that relationship right like today i went and dropped off a bunch of hibiscus mint samples and everybody was like oh man this is awesome we're so excited for you you know like it, that's what it's all about it's all about that personal relationship like if you have no personal relationship they aren't going to they're not going to push your product like i was just at ruin liquors and rally and they're like whenever anybody comes in and asks about cider we push your product you know so it's all about that relationship you know because if there is none they're not going to try to push your product either
4: that's great to have that relationship with your your sellers anywhere whether it's an ale house in Haverhill or it's a liquor store in Raleigh that's awesome to have that connection
0: I'd agree people fall in love with with people right it's Mm -hmm. not a it's not a brand well people fall in love with brands but I mean you're going face to face like I said shaking people's hands and Mm -hmm. it's a different than having some slimy distributor coming in like
1: so and blah also blah this
0: blah blah hibiscus blah. mint like blah blah blah. is so
1: good yeah let's so <laughs>
0: yeah can we can we talk about that yeah, what where did you guys get the idea of hibiscus mint i mean it's not a uh i don't think i've been like oh, i'm craving hibiscus mint right now <laughs> right like
3: originally i think we were like when we were first started making cider um i don't know how we came up with this idea i don't remember I mean, we made a strawberry mint which we really really liked we discovered that it's more expensive to add other fruits to your site like tax-wise yeah tax-wise you get tax because it more. comes
0: a wine essentially or does it become
2: yeah it's i i'm not i i've kind of delved into a little bit but it just kind of like stay away from any other fruit okay like for now anyways
3: yeah so for, for right now we really liked it and then and i think it was probably partially the color but caleb really loves um passion tea tazo passion tea which is hibiscus and rose hips and a bunch of other stuff i was
2: a dunks guy and then i started dating her and i got into starbucks so
4: (laughs) that's funny we were talking about that before the podcast
2: yeah yeah
3: Yeah, so i don't know if it was the color because hibiscus is red too or what so then we we did um the hibiscus mint
2: yeah and it's and it's all dried hibiscus it's fresh it's literally fresh like green like you get in your mint mojito (laughs) mint like it's, it's
0: where are you guys getting the hibiscus and the mint from
2: we uh we, she grows some hibiscus so yeah. we're doing that and we we get some dries up like she's we did a little bit last year but we're just starting so this time of year you can't get get local stuff yeah, yeah so but once once the summer comes or once the, i don't know when the season is for hibiscus so i mean the off season we have to kind of reach out a little further but in season we want to grow it mm-hmm.
0: because it'd be awesome so you mentioned oh sorry
4: no, I mean this is just a so it's kind of a silly question, but you talked about adding fruits and having to pay the extra tax. Like, do you have to pay extra tax if you grow your own fruit, or if, is it just if you're buying it?
2: I don't think it matters. I think it's just if you add it to it, it just it's puts just put cider have it in different in class or something. I mean, gotcha. I, I guess actually. that we're not yeah. we're not farther enough into like the you know just the licensing is so there's no like straightforward answers to anything. Everything is so convoluted. Mm-hmm. So it's especially in massachusetts yep, i feel yes. like if yep. they make it so much harder yeah everything's just makes it difficult so um for now we're gonna stay away from it but we definitely have some ideas that we could definitely work with down the road but
0: not yet so you mentioned uh you're waiting for the approval for hibiscus mint yep. um is anyone in particular doing the artwork or are you doing it or
2: yeah so <coughs> my buddy scott um terabyte, he uh is the man first of all he designed our logo he's done all of our label design um he was my neighbor growing up i called him when we were starting something like hey can you design a logo for us uh, hey and then it just morphed into hey can you do the label for us and you know <coughs> right now like let's be honest you know we we might look like we we're we get loaded but we aren't right so a lot of the stuff that you see is people that have just like Joined our cause and like bootstrapped with us, right? Like the one thing I say for example is to people is like hey, can you help me out now? Like I throw I pay people right whatever but I might not pay them what they really deserve But i'm like, hey, i'll never forget what you've done for me And like when I get big you're gonna be my guy, you know, what I mean or you're gonna be my girl or whatever, right? Because the thing is like you think about some of these people like that Stepped on different people to get up get up top to where they are And then they forget about that person that maybe gave them that first break or whatever, so, like, Scott is my logo, my label design guy forever. As long as St. Louis Cider is owned by us or we're in business, it's it's all Scott doing it. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the – and then I said, when I have the money, like, I'm going to pay you what you really deserve. You know what I mean? So, I think, like, I think some people forget that, you know what I mean, to have that principle. It's like, St. Louis Cider is all about doing the right thing and having good values. So, you know, why don't you make sure you don't forget about those people, you know? I don't know.
4: So while you're talking about the logo and, and you know the brand name, um, in case our viewer or our listeners didn't hear the last interview that we did with you guys last year, where did the name come from?
2: Jimmy, he's <laughs> the man. Ah, uh, <laughs> he's a trademark and patent lawyer. He's another friend, right? Do you know what I did? We well, went to the Port tavern and drank beers, and we did it on his laptop. That's how we. That's how we. He. We looked up the name because see if it was trademarked, and then we trademarked the name. Sailing size trademarked, and he did it for some beers. You know what I mean? Like crazy, That's right? Cool. Yeah, something yeah. that would
0: typically cost like a couple like of yeah, 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 easy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he taught me how to look it up, like what lawyers do. Like it's amazing. But anyways, we couldn't think of of a name. Like originally, we thought like Epic Cider, and I don't know any other names. You you such a of? Caleb. Like, <laughs> <the name. laughs> yeah. um, yeah. well, to name? Yeah. Epic. He
3: used to say Epic all the time. This, this is so Epic or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> why don't we call our cider Epic Cider? <laughs> and then we started like researching it, and there's like Epic Brewery, and yeah. like I mean, every possible name we could think of it's was taken. taken. Was taken,
2: yeah. But Saintly wasn't. My buddy was like, and he's like the man. He's like 49. He's like, yeah, man. Like, he talks like he's a bro. It's hilarious. He's like, yeah, man. Like, why don't you got, like, Saintly cider, you know? And I'm like, that's just, like, awesome. And he looked it up, and he was like, wasn't taken, right? And I remember he was drinking Racer 5. I'll never forget that. <laughs> uh, and he was like, uh, he was like, call Saintly, man. Do the right thing, you know? So, um, whatever. So, <laughs> we did that. You know, Dude, I, huh? I grew up going to church and stuff like that, too. So, it made sense um but but the thing is it's all about the values right cuz i think a lot of the people today don't have any values in business and nothing right like treat us the way you want to be treated like this pr- basic principles right so it made sense cuz that's the way i want us to run our business that like you know like if we don't do something the right way like i want someone to call us out and i want us to make it right you know things like that cuz i think some people don't do that it's all about the bottom dollar but to me i don't care about the money it's right. about like my name you know, my my name means something to me you know and
4: like you were just talking about like you know those guys that you work with at the beginning and then you may forget it's you know saintly cider is all about like giving back to who helped you and like staying local and true to you, true to yourself so i love that that's yeah. awesome yeah. it's like that whole like moral and ethical part of it yeah
2: so it's not just a cider it's like the whole experience yeah and like <laughs> the brand you know i guess so in the
0: previous episode i asked you what do you see f- is next for the f- next 5 years and you said uh I just want to be in some more bars, and I want to get our product out. <laughs> uh, so you you achieved that in 10 months, so I commend you <laughs> on that. <laughs> so that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Um, so truthfully,
2: what's uh, I guess what's next for the next 10 months for you guys? Because then we'll, talk <laughs> we'll interview in 10 months. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we're – I'm hoping we can double sales. That's the number one thing. Okay. Right? See, this uh, is, like, a more mature answer. Yeah. Like, you were like, I'm just pumped to be in a, know, yeah. a duck. Just, yeah. just to be in business, yeah, 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 you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Someone drank my stuff and paid for it. <laughs> yeah, man. but, I mean, like, that's
0: that's a big deal, oh, right? Yeah. You know, it's, like,
2: sometimes huge deal. Right? Yeah, sometimes you don't think about, like, how far. I'm always, I'm never satisfied. That's my problem. I'm always cup half empty. But if you look at, Emily's nodding her head. um, <laughs> But if you, if you look back and you see, like, how far we've come just looking at Instagram or, like, looking at my old posts and stuff like that, it's unreal, mm. like, how far we've come, right? So, next 10 months, like, I really want to find a tasting room yep. or, like, someplace where people want to come and hang out because I think we can create the vibe that people want. Raleigh really needs it. Raleigh needs it. I know. I want to do – I'm a, we grew up playing music together. Yep. Um, I wanna have like bluegrass nights, I wanna have bingo nights, I wanna I wanna make it like a community where you can bring your kids and you can hang out, play cornhole, have tournaments, you know, um not 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 a have food trucks, you know, like the thing that everybody else is doing. But right. I wanna have great music and just like a good vibe and I wanna also have I love history and St. Louis if you notice any of our branding it's all like throwback looking stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I wanna have like local historical commissions and people come in and do presentations and things like that like make it more than just cider because i think that's i want to make it more than just cider i love cider but i want to make it more than that i guess anything Mm -hmm. else
3: no that sounds about right (laughs) i think this is
4: awesome because a lot of the times we like interview breweries that have been around for like multiple years and they always say like it's all about the hard work and putting your own work in and you guys have obviously put in so much of your own work and you're continuing to build and i just love that the picture that you have for the future and I can just like imagine it happening. It's, it's really cool. I can't wait to come visit you guys
0: when you, <laughs> yeah. when you open up a tap I room. hope it <laughs> happens in Raleigh. I, I, mean, I, know. Like, I, I know. I'm like, I'm biased for this area. We grew up here. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So where can we find you on social media and, uh, what like internet,
2: Instagram, St. Lee cider. Um, now, we, last time you didn't do Twitter. Do you still not? No, do Twitter? No, yeah. I don't do Twitter. Twitter's no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't work for ESPN. Um, but I mean, I guess I probably should, but I don't, um, and uh i think Donald trump does enough tweeting yeah. for all of us <laughs> um so uh yeah facebook Louis cider um and if you want to know where we're at i have a map on our always updated on our facebook page pinned to the top we are in like 30 something different places right now so you can find it where
0: where 10 months ago you were in how many caleb <laughs> like three or four maybe so yeah cool. yeah
2: that's crazy website yeah, saintly <laughs> my buddy scott designed the did the website for us if yep. you need a guy that can make some killer obviously does some awesome branding stuff you know hit me up email me info at saintly and i can connect you because he does a really good job cool so yeah that's where and we post anything that's coming up i use instagram as like you know kind of our soundboard
0: i think you guys need you need a shirt that says do what you love hashtag do what you
2: love <laughs> <laughs> chase your dreams yeah. you really love. <laughs> chase your dreams
0: you're always, like, very motivational. I mean, like, you're not doing this because you're like, you know what? I want to be a millionaire. Like, that would be ultimately awesome, yeah, it right? would be right? awesome, You'd yeah. be like, oh, nobody's going to say, I don't want to be a millionaire. Like, yeah. you'd be lying. Yeah. But, like, you truthfully are doing what you love. Yeah. You, I, wow, what an awesome
1: interview. Caleb is so passionate.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny just to hear him talk and Emily talk and just see where they're at in life. And uh, since that episode, they've improved even more I know you were mentioning they're doing weddings now Mm -hmm. incredible congratulations to saintly cider thank you guys for taking some time out of uh Caleb works a full-time job Emily works a full-time job and they do this on the side and they're killing it so I can only imagine how little time you have and to take some time out of our podcast to do our podcast is super humbling to me
1: yeah I love that and also just making sure that you guys follow them on Instagram would be great We'd love to see them get some more love and um, hopefully some more business. So uh, thanks, you guys, for listening. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about something really cool. I'm pretty pumped for this because I'm super bougie. And uh, we're going to talk about some of the most expensive beers on the market. And, you know, there's got to be a reason why they're so expensive, right? So we'll talk about that. And um, we might just try one
0: yeah so if you out there <laughs> in podcast land have had an expensive beer and think it's second to it's literally you know the shits yeah uh you need to tell us send us a dm at instagram twitter facebook info at brewroots.com uh, send us that and we'll do our best to try to get it uh we record next week so we have a little bit of time
1: got a couple of days send us something over the weekend Uh, i'd be really interested to know also this is kind of a a sidetrack but if anyone's ever tried that narwhal by sierra nevada that's one really expensive one that's i mean it's not crazy expensive it's not like a hundred dollars a bottle but it's like thirty dollars for a bottle of it and i tried it and i thought it was fabulous did it live up to the price tag probably not but i'd just be interested to hear if anybody else has tried that specifically the narwhal um i believe it's an imperial stout um and uh yeah so we'll talk about some of the most expensive beers you can get and sample one on on the air yeah
0: so before we go we just want to thank uh liar's bench t-shirt cans of beer topanga Topanga. uh, topanga ipa we love it uh so awesome happy two year anniversary saintly cider again thank you so much and everyone that's kind of helped us out along the way, we just hit uh, 1,300 likes. and On Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. <laughs> and we've had over 3,000 plays on between iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher.
1: And hundreds of people are joining us on our live yes. streams, which is yes. super fun. So we
0: just had a live stream that people joined, and we had great conversations. So it's it's been incredibly humbling and... You know, when I started this in February for season two, I never expected us to be at this place. And uh, every week I feel like we're improving, but we can't do that without your support. So we're going to start selling some T-shirts pretty soon. And our T-shirts are going to be available on our Instagram and we'll figure out the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah. If you need any more information about it or if you'd like to pre-order a T-shirt, just send us a DM on Instagram. We'll respond to you right away.
0: Yep. And we are always open for beer trades. We are trying to do 50 beers, 50 states right now. I think we have about 43. Don't quote me on that number because it's changing. I know we're going to some... to go. Right? Yeah. Uh, we Where have...
1: are our Alaskans and our. Hawaiians? Yeah. So I
0: just followed some Hawaiian and Alaskan craft beer clubs. That's awesome. And I'm just going to try to beg them to send me some beer. I feel like it's going to be kind of expensive, but uh, we we'll, want to try we'll to return get
1: a... the favor. You'll get T-shirts, stickers and beer. Yep.
0: So if you are down for a beer trade, let us know. We have accessibility to most Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire beers, and Maine as well.
1: And if you're a home brewer, definitely reach out to me. uh, Send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. I would love to talk to you, potentially have you on the podcast. Yeah,
0: because we are trying to do a home brewer roundtable, I believe.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think that'd be super fun.
0: I do too. All right. So uh, until next week, my name is Matt. I'm Emily. And uh, keep on drinking some good beer.
1: Cheers. Cheers.